You're listening to Banter with the Boys, talking all things sports. From betting and brawls, Super Bowl to Stanley Cup Finals. Get laced up. It's time for Banter with the Boys. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Banner with the Boys, Rinkside Chirps. It'll be our Minnesota Wild specific edition. I'm your host, Kevin, and I've got my boy Smeltzy over here as well. Unfortunately, Kyle cannot be with us today in this episode. Uh, he got back from uh, Vegas and isn't feeling too good. So we'll let him uh, rest and recoup and we'll have him on for, for the next one. So Tyler, how are we feeling today, buddy? Hey, I'm feeling a lot better than Kyle must be feeling. Um, I'm sure, you know, Vegas has all sorts of, you know, who, you don't talk about it, right? What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, so he got sick and whatever, so we'll move on from that. But I'm feeling pretty good, happy to be back on the pod. Um, it's been way too long, and it's starting to get cold up here in Minnesota, so we're uh, starting to get ready for another season of uh, wild hockey, so ready to go on that. Absolutely, it's going to be a great season. Um, reason we're here, talking about Minnesota Wild preseason. All right, so since we're talking about Minnesota Wild preseason, let's go over the overview. Any big impressions? disappointments you know who made the team who didn't make the team i'll start things off first um kind of a little bit of a disappointment for me smeltsy would be kaprizov i know it's it's a it's a hot take um but as kyle used to mention in some of the other episodes that we've had yeah preseason's full of slappies right you have a bunch of ahl players lower league players coming out there and you have kaprizov who's really just our stud player number one guy he's our, our franchise player uh, he got three goals over the course of it. I'm not quite sure if he had a couple of assists or not in there. I wouldn't be surprised. But uh, he only played three games. So a goal a game on average, not terrible. But I'd like to see a little bit more production out of the stud. What do you think? So I'm just making sure, like, you are, are you fully disappointed in his performance in the preseason? No, 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 not at all. Let me be clear. I, I am impressed that he was able to get the three goals, average a goal a game, but with the money we're paying him and just in general, I expected a little bit more. I'm not expecting him to get 30 goals in the preseason, but I would expect maybe an extra goal a game, maybe a little more, a couple of helpers, some stuff like that. So No, and for sure, I mean, and Krill's a point a game and better than a point a game once we once we hit the season and uh so i, I get what you're saying but uh i there's no way he was going 100 percent uh you know we'll, we'll just wait till he gets you know gets into the regular season yep yeah, absolutely no, i agree and i think again i think kaprizov is he wasn't going 100 percent. i think he made a great point there he wasn't going full bore um obviously you don't want to get banged up in the preseason especially if you're a stub like that the last thing you need is an injury so i don't uh i don't think he was going full full 100 percent. so um jumping over to the next player that i was actually pretty impressed with was jujar kara uh he came over on a one uh one year two-way deal for just under a million dollars a year i don't know if it was league minimum or just a little under a million bucks a year do you have the number, Kyle? I do. I don't know what the league minimum te- technically is, but he is under a mil. It's going to be um, – oh, I'm sorry. I looked at the wrong one here. Yeah, 775. Okay. I think that's the so, league minimum. Okay. So Well, we do got a couple at 762, but okay. that so maybe right that's in. like a special circumstance or whatever. Sure. Right We're still learning how the contracts work for NHL. Yep, absolutely. So uh, I was actually pretty impressed with him. Um, I didn't really know much about him coming in. I know he's an older player. He's 29, a um, little older, but, hey, he got a – you know, he got – two goals in the first three games of his preseason career with the wild obviously again as i mentioned before you, you really kind of have just slappy fest out there with with the preseason but um for somebody coming in kind of older 
uh, and getting you know a couple of goals right away, and I believe he's got a couple of helpers too. I wasn't too upset about that. Well, and that's a guy too who's going to be a bit cheaper. Uh, him and like Vinny Letary, who's also another vet who got sent down after the preseason. You kind of look for some of those guys to maybe bring up some experience, and and they could be you know a guy that's guys that are affordable, you know, that you can bring up, um, you know, in case of an injury or something, and they're still going to have a little bit of that NHL experience. Um, and since they're on the two ways, you know, you're able to kind of move them around a little bit. Um, I know some people want to talk, you know, some Sammy Walker, but he's someone that you could look at bringing up as well. However, I think that's more of like a contract issue. I'm not, I'm not sure if the Wild could actually afford to bring him up right now. Um, but yeah, ultimately, I think it's great to have some of those vets around, especially on the AHL team, um, kind of help out the, the younger guys get prepared for, you know, that next step, but also keep the vets loose and ready to go. Um, to be called up, you know, in, in that time of need. Yeah, and I think you made a great point right there. I think the big thing for me with that is they are on two-way deals. So when they're in Iowa, when they're out there, they are teaching those guys the leadership and just the way of the NHL lifestyle while at a fraction of the price. And I think that experience is is almost you know irreplaceable, right? You've got these stud guys who were out there in the NHL for a while, maybe not the greatest of players out there, but they've got that experience. They're older. They can teach these young guys the way. So once they get up to the, you know, the show, if you will, they maybe not, you know, maybe won't be as green, no pun intended for the wild, obviously. But uh, I think that's good experience. And also to your point, having a cheaper guy who you can call up in an injuries case or, you know, have them coming around with the team. I think that's a big deal. Um, but also I think the big thing for the wild in the preseason is that culture. I know with the leaders that they have on the team, uh, so they lost Dumba, huge you know, spot in my heart there for losing Dumba. But you've got leadership in the in the group, in the room there, right? Who do you have that's got that leadership experience on the, the wilds team? to keep the the culture going and then also when you have the iowa wild who's down there doing the same thing for them right ahl players you have a lot of you know turnover if you will maybe some of these guys can kind of help bring that culture from the wild in minnesota down to iowa so again like i said when they when they come up maybe they've got a a good idea of what to expect just real quick i wanted to touch on the, the whole dumba deal i i think i'm gonna miss dumba too and the thing about dumba is Yes, defensively, it can be rough. Um, I think he actually took a step forward defensively last season compared to um, seasons uh, more recent before that. Uh, but the thing about Dumba is he, he can carry the puck up. You know, he's kind of an offensive threat. And that's why before we decided to not resign Dumba, personally, I would have loved to see him at a wing um, in a preseason or exhibition style of a match just to see what he can do. Um, is he going to be Brent Burns? No. But do I think he could put pucks in the net? In the net? Absolutely. Um, I think we're going to miss him on power plays. But that's where maybe Kalen Addison, who's on kind of a prove-it deal, um, to show if he's you know worthy of that bigger deal, of that bigger contract, uh, I think maybe he could take that spot on the power play, kind of sit in that top of the circles, um, yeah. the Ovechkin area is what I call it, because that's he sits there and waits for a one timer, and that's all Dumba would do. He'd kind of slide down in there, you slide behind the defense, they don't see a boom, you know, you at least get a shot on that. Absolutely. No, I agree 100%. I, I'm a diehard Dumba fan. I've got, you know, signed jerseys literally about three feet away from me. I've got plenty of signed memorabilia, and I've been a diehard fan of his for many, many years. So super sad to see him go. But to your point, you got to think maybe a few years back, we had Brad Hunt, who was a defenseman, who actually spent some time as a wing 
it didn't work out the greatest in his case, but not everybody will in that role. However, I'm not mad about that because, to your point, I would have loved to have seen Dumba's offensive game had a chance to go and possibly play wing in an exhibition game or in a preseason game to that capacity, just in case. I think it's a good opportunity because he is offensive. Was that a regular season game that Brad Hunt played at wing, or was that? It was multiple. It was multiple regular season games. Gosh, they had I'm, him do both. I'm not remembering that. How many games do you think he played at wing? If you had to, I know it's a couple years ago. If you had to guess, if I had to guess, easily a half dozen or so, maybe five or six. Dude, what the hell? They had him in for a while. They could have easily have thrown Dumba in there as a wing spot. And I, I again, being a diehard Dumba fan, I see all the hate in the comments and stuff like that. A lot of people were actually pretty impressed with his offensive ability when he actually didn't turn over the puck. I think a lot of people recommended that he get a shot at a wing spot. So unfortunately, with him being gone, we'll never know what could have been. But the offensive prowess that Dumba had, that a lot of people hated him for, I think might have paid dividends and an opportunity at a wing. I can't believe if you heard something in the distance, I threw my hat on the ground because I, I can't, I can't remember. And I'm a big wild fan, but I can't remember Brad Hunt playing wing. So it's crazy you bring that up because just, just I, out of all the other defensemen we had that you could have tried at wing, you're gonna choose Brad Hunt, bro. And no offense to Brad Hunt, I actually liked him when he was here um, as a D man. He reminds me a little bit of John Merrill. No, that's a tough one. Again, I'm a diehard Dumbo fan. I'm, I'm super sad to see him go. But but one more guy that uh, made some moves here in the preseason would have been Sammy Walker. Uh, he played four games, got him netted two goals, two assists, and people are wondering, well, where the heck is Sammy Walker? Why is he still in Iowa? Um, unfortunately, I think it's going to be the, the biggest problem is I don't think we can afford him, right? Um, and we'll get into some contract stuff here in a second with other players, but... With everything we got going on, I just I don't think we can afford them. And so now the question is, okay, well, Sammy Walker's on the last year of his entry-level deal. Uh, he's a restricted free agent next season. What What is he worth? Like, what What do we, you know, if you had to come off the top of your head, Kev, what, what do you think he's worth? I have I have I have my number. I'm yeah. curious what your number is. It depends, right? He doesn't have NHL experience, or at least a ton of it. He may have a couple of games here and there randomly. I don't think he does, but it'd be really difficult to put a true number on him. But I'd say, especially with the contract issues that we have, maybe a two for two deal, two years, couple million a year, maybe a million, you know, a little under two, just for a couple, possibly a little bit longer of a deal if he's willing to to stretch the deal out. Maybe go to two and a half for three, maybe. Um, I, I put Sammy Walker in a very similar place as Adam Beckman uh, last season. Last preseason, Adam Beckman was a stud. I don't remember the exact number of points and stuff that he had last year, um, but he didn't make the team, uh, and he was just a rock star. He, he didn't make the, the the squad. He got sent back down to Iowa, but also did very well in Iowa. So uh, I, I, put, I put them in a similar boat. Um, do I think Sammy's worth a million bucks a year? Possibly, but it, you got to get him a couple of games to see what he thinks. It's too small of a sample size. It really is. Yep. Um, guess who also also is the RFA next year? Tommy Beckman. Oh. So so they're gonna have they're gonna have to figure out some stuff next year, and whether that is trading some of our veteran guys we just signed, uh, maybe to a contender to clear cap space to sign some of our younger guys to be ready to go um, in two years when we lose. The Suter and Parisi contracts. Which do you know how much a year they're actually garnering? No, is it? It's quite a lot, I'm sure, right? Oh yeah, it's it's seven point three mil a piece. So I mean, we're we're talking like fourteen point seven, 
um, which actually takes up about 17.7% of our, our current cap right now. Which we don't have much of in the first place. Then you just give away almost 20% of your money to dead space. But you clear the locker room of the problems that they were causing and just a new culture. I'm not mad about it, but it's killing us. So now, obviously, we're at the point, too, where we have re-signed players in the past, I think, couple weeks. I know one of them is very fresh, but the other two were maybe a week or two ago. Um, Marcus Foligno at $4 mil a year, Ryan Hartman at $4 mil a year, and Zuccarello at $4.1 a year. Um, what, what do you think about that right off the bat? You know what? A lot of players, a lot of people are not happy with those numbers. They say some of them are overpaid. But to be honest with you, I'm a big Felino fan. I love Moose. Uh, $4 million at four years on that one. A good bit of money when you, you think about the money that we have. Three years at four mil. He's got, he's got one more year this year at uh, 3.1, and then it's three years of four mil after that. Got it. My apologies. Thank you for the correction there. So I'm not mad about that. And a lot of players, a lot of people look at the players' production on the ice as what they go basing off of their um, their opinions off of, what they see the production-wise. But I'm a little different, and I think you might be in the same boat of players play. They produce on the ice, but also what do they bring to the locker room? What do they bring to the team's culture? What do they bring to the bench? What do they bring to that? You know, in, in those different facets, that to me I think is a lot. And then seeing last year Dumba and Felino had the A's on their chest. Felino still has his. I think it's a testament. Uh, obviously, you can always strip an A from somebody. You could always give it to somebody else. But uh, seeing Felino get a nice little pay increase for a couple of years. On top of that. He still wears the A on his chest. Uh, I think that's a big testament. Um, a lot of players for Zuccarello's contract, they think he's just here to appease uh, Kaprizov before his contract's over. I believe he's a UFA after his contract's done. Um, but at the end of the day, I think Garen even said it in an interview with Russo, he signed Zuccarello for Zuccarello for his production and his, and his, his abilities. I think it's a good deal. Hartman, $4 million bucks for three three years. Um, Garen also said in an interview with Russo that Hartman took a pay cut last time he had a deal or a contract signing. He took a pay cut. I don't know what the numbers were for that pay cut, but I'm impressed that he was able to stick it out. I feel like a lot of times if a player does take a pay cut, they may not see the green, you know, the green grass on the other side when that that contract negotiation comes around. So um, is it a lot of money over the next few years when we don't have a lot to spend? Yes. But does Hartman, for his number one producing year, one of his best producing years for us recently, on top of that, for Felino's off the ice and on the ice presence, do those make sense? Does garner the wage that they're going to be getting? I think so. And Zuccarello, does his production um, stack up with the, was it two years at 4.1? I think being on the line with Kaprizov, as long as they can find their chemistry, again, that they used to have, I think those numbers are fair. Yeah, like you were saying earlier, um, it's, it's, it's about uh, stuff that doesn't have a stat. So for me, it's, it's Ryan Hartman and, and Felino. When you go to a wild game, um, these guys are out there pumping up the crowd, you know, getting amped. They're bringing the energy, right? And when you see veterans doing that, it's just going to ignite the young guys. They want to follow that now. And I know it sounds cliche, but it, it, it's a fact, you know. Um, and these three guys, you know, they're, they're bridge players. They get us through these next two years of Suter and Parisi. I know people may say it's a lot of money for, for a couple of these guys, but at the same time, okay, that, that's your option. 
you sign a couple vets, you stay competitive, you probably make the playoffs. I'm not saying we're a cup contender, but you probably make the playoffs. If you just rock your young guys and call up all of the Iowa Wild right now, good luck. yes, they're gonna get they're gonna get great experience. They're gonna get really good experience. But like we're not we're not hitting the playoffs those two years, you know. Um, so that's kind of what we're looking at. And you touched on Kirill being a UFA 2026-2027. Our boy Kyle, who's not here with us today, he had a, a pretty wild take um, saying that the Wild will be signing Leon Dreisaitl in, uh, in those years. So after Parisian Suter are gone, you heard it here first from Kyle, not me. So or not you, from me either. Not from, not, not from Kev. So if you're frustrated about it, um, comment on our on our Facebook whatever you got to do to come at Kyle that's fine <laughs> you know he's not gonna like that too much that I just mentioned that but that's all right um, so Leon Dreisaitl to the wild in what four years we'll see what happens right and moving on here to our next segment of the episode we're gonna talk about between the pipes uh, we had three different goaltenders that made an appearance in the Minnesota Wilds preseason Philip Gustafson Jesper Wallstedt and of course Mark Andre Fleury uh, let's take a second and talk about each one. Uh, I'll start off here quickly with Jesper Wallstedt. Um, one game played in the preseason. I wish he would have gotten a little bit more experience and whatnot, but I'm okay with it. A pretty good showing out, though. Uh, 43 shots against, 43 saves, so he had three goals against, which isn't terrible. Uh, equated to a .93 save percentage. Now, looking at the rest of the goaltenders, except for Gustafson's shutout last night, he had the second winningest percentage of the preseason by .001. Marc-Andre Fleury in Game 5 had a .931 to, Gus, or excuse me, to Jesper Wallstedt's .930 in his one game here. You're talking save percentage, right? That is correct. Save My apologies. No, it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. So looking at the stats there, I was impressed. 43 shots is a lot to go off of, especially in the, in, in the show, if you will. Wallstedt spent most of his time, if not all of his time, in different leagues and especially obviously in the Iowa Wild so coming up to the show and getting a game 43 shots against as Kyle always says the slappies are in the uh, in the preseason which I do agree with but obviously some big players do make their appearance and do put some good shots on net going on to the next one here we got Marc-Andre Fleury of course the seasoned veteran the multi Stanley Cup winning champion here Smeltzy what do you think about Fleury uh well, first off, I just want to mention Jesper, too. He is 20 years old, so we, we have time with him. A lot of Wild fans want to hurry up, move him up, get get Flower out of here, and just you know start running with Jesper. It's not time for that yet. We're close. We're close, but it's not time for that yet. So I just uh, pump the brakes. But um, as far as Fleury goes, I love Marc-Andre Fleury. I think he's a Hall of Fame goaltender. The thing about Fleury is that bugs me a little bit is is his play style, right? Everybody remembers, you know, most most NHL fans can remember some crazy save that Fleury's made in his in his long career. Mm-hmm. The issue is he puts himself in those situations where he has to scramble to get back in position to make a save and now it looks crazy. That's my thing with Fleury. I love Fleury again. But you saw it last year a lot. He was out of position. He'd hurry up, get into position at the last second, make a crazy save. It looks really amazing. Everybody loves him. But, dude, you're making that save because you're out of position. He's scrambling, to your point. He likes to go for the the acrobatics, I believe, is what uh, LaPanta, LaPanta and, and 
those announcer guys say. And he's probably the best at it right now in the NHL, I would say. As far as, like, what do they want to call that? Um, recovery save or wh- whatever you want to call it. Yep. He's probably one of the best at it. But it's because he's out of position to begin with, right? Um, another thing with Flurry is last year, I mean, we were seeing wrist shots taken from the top of the circles, and he just didn't see it. On glove side, just didn't see it. Just goes right over. Like, I, I just... I, I love Flurry, but it's coming to an end. Um, you know, as you as you bring up Gus here in a little bit, I think Gus is going to be our number one. Um, I don't know. I don't know. What's your thoughts on Flower? Yeah, let's talk about him real quick. So obviously, like I mentioned, he's uh, he's got a couple of cups under his belt. I'm not quite sure the exact number of cups he's got, but I know for a fact that he's a Hall of Fame goaltender. To your point, I agree with you 100. Um, percent What he's done with the league and just over his his, ton, his tenured career, I'm very impressed with. Uh, looking at his his last season, I agree with you 100. percent Smouncy, I really do think that he's out of position more often than he's not. Um, I think that, to your point, does kind of give you some of that acrobatic, some of that kind of flair, if you will. The scramble saves, they make for good entertainment. But from a, a, a basic goalie 101 perspective, obviously I'm not a goaltending coach by any means, but it would make more sense for you to stay home and stay in the net versus do some crazy wild stuff and potentially be out of place, giving up some chances, or potentially hurting yourself on some weird acrobatics. Yeah, and just just to recap quick on Flurry's accomplishments uh, as far as being a Hall of Fame goaltender, we do have he's a three-time Stanley Cup champion. He's made five All-Star games. He's on the NHL's All-Decade First Team. Um, you know, he won the Vesna. The the dude's going to the Hall of Fame. So there's no question about that. And final goaltender to talk about here, Smeltzy, Philip Gustafson. Coming off the final game of the preseason shutout, uh, he faced 22 shots against, obviously let in none of them with a shutout. I was pretty impressed. Looking at the total stats for the goaltenders between Marc-Andre Fleury and Philip Gustafson. Crunched the numbers, and technically Marc-Andre Fleury beats uh, Gustafson in save percentage for the preseason. Marc-Andre Fleury had a .899 average against his, uh, across his, what was it, three games? And then same thing for Gus, three games, but at a .849 average. But was Gus's last game was the shutout, right? That was last night. That was correct. Yeah. So he started out weak, but he got stronger as preseason progressed, and he got more playing time. Yeah, Smelty, you're 100 percent right. He definitely got better as the as the preseason went on. So first game for Gus, a point seven two seven. Second game for Gus, point nine one three. And then the final game, obviously, was a shutout. You look at Flurry. First game, point eight seven zero. Second game for Fleur was a .926. Then Fleury at the final game of the preseason was a .931. So both goaltenders showed improvement over the preseason, which I think is obviously the point of it, right? You knock the rust off. You get some shots under your belt. Obviously, practice is one thing. Preseason's another. So who are you starting then? Who's who's your who's your number one tendy between the two? Number one between the two, I'm going to go with Gus. I, I think Gus is the man. Um, to your point, I, I worry that Fleury is a little out there. I want to see Gus get get a fair shake. I don't know the numbers specifically for how many games he played last year against Flurry, but I feel like Gus, had he gotten more games and more games in a row, might have been a little bit better off. Um, but seeing his improvement in the preseason, especially going up against, I believe it was Dallas last night. It was their pretty much their their full roster, um, getting a shutout in that. I'm I'm impressed by that. What about you? Yeah, I I think we're right on the same page. I think Gus has earned the starting spot at this point. Um, 
there was a couple games last year after a couple games excuse me where i'm just like we're starting flurry again dude you, you got to give him a break get gus in there get him on a roll you know what i mean it's like it's like we're almost scared to pull flurry you know um and we just can't be you know i i get it but i, th- I think gus is my number one so a, a thing for you though for the first game of the season are you aware of the history that Flower could make on the first game? I am, and that's the only that's the that's the hard part because when you're a head coach, what do you care more about? Somebody setting a record and potentially, you know, getting his name in a record book somehow, or do you care about the performance and the start to the season? So, I, you, you want to win game 1, right? You want to win game 1. There's only 82 of them things. You want you want to win game one, but I, I as we've seen like last year, Flurry kind of got worse as the season went on, right? So if at the beginning of the season is the best Flurry's going to be for the season, you might as well start him, right? Give him the opportunity. Everybody knows the history that could be made. Which if you don't know, he could you know if he if we start Flurry and he wins, he would be the winningest goalie on opening days over. Um, I'm sorry, who was it? I just had it in my brain. Um, let me just think here real quick. Uh, he would have the win, the most wins on opening day over Martin Broder and Curtis Joseph both. So I, I think you just kind of let him let him buck. Um, but I think as we move on through the season, Gus is the bona fide number one starter. Flurry's an older guy. I mean, let's not fault him for you know no. being alive for a while. But when you're when you're in the the league for so long, it takes a toll on your body. I mean, how many injuries has he gone through? How many times is you know do we have to potentially worry about sitting him just to get a little bit of a rest or a break or something like that? And and when you when you're thinking, in my opinion, for a starting goaltender. Who do you put in? You put the young buck in there who fresh off of a shutout, or do you put in the older veteran who's who's potentially going to make history, but also his his previous records show he starts off hot in the beginning of the season. It's a tough one, but sounds like we're both saying Gus. Yeah, I would agree. I think Gus is our our number one tendy this season. I agree, hundred percent. Last. But certainly not least, we've covered a ton in this episode. Uh, I think it's best we talk about the predictions for next season, or excuse me, for this upcoming season. Um, I think the while looking at the records in the past years, seeing who we've got on the roster, seeing who we have in the pipes, uh, I'm predicting a 48 win, 26 loss, and 8 OTL um, record for this season with, unfortunately, yet again, another first-round playoff exit. I don't see us, unfortunately, beating that curse. I know the Twins just beat their curse. Maybe it's time for the Wild. But looking at how things have gone, looking at the stats and the players that we've got in the roster, I just I, I worry about the Wild's ability to push through that. But also just, like, you got to deal with injuries throughout the season. Not everyone's going to be healthy. Obviously, you knock on wood, everyone makes it, you know, hunky-dory throughout the season, no injuries, no problems. But, like you said, 82 of them things, man. There's a lot of, a lot of hockey to play. And I worry about everyone's ability to stay healthy. Speaking of healthy, you got Spurgeon out right now to start the season. No one knows how long it's going to go for. And I worry that, you know, that not having our number one defenseman with our captain out, you know, I think that might put a little toll on some things. Smelty? Guess who needs to step up now, though, on the D-line? Who? Addison. Addison's yep. getting that. He's going to get that opportunity early with Spurgeon being technically week to week. So we don't even know. We might have him, we might be talking about him next weekend back in the lineup and we may not be we don't know yet um, so 
I think your prediction as far as the season goes isn't that far off. I could I could see give or take a couple wins. Um, probably take. I, I could see us maybe 45 wins. Um, but I do think we make the playoffs, but I agree with you. I think it's a first-round exit. However, I will say if we make the playoffs this season and next season with still dealing with 14 mil of, of dead money, I think I think that's a win. You know what I mean? Like Most people are probably planning on us not to even make the playoffs these next two years. And then maybe make a move after that when all of our young guys are now becoming vets at that point. And I, th- I think you're right. I think if we can make it through those next couple of years and, and show some results, um, I, I think it's a testament to what we can do here and what the Wild is able to do. And obviously a, a big, you know, plus one thumbs up, high five knuckles to Bill Guerin. I mean, it, it just proves that, you know, the, the way of the Garen is working. Uh, I think he just recently got a promotion in this offseason as the president of hockey operations or something to that effect on top of being the GM. So um, I, I think the ownership of the Wild is really putting in their faith and their stock in Garen. Uh, and I think the next couple of seasons are really going to be the proof in the pudding if, if we can make the, you know make a run um, going forward. Obviously, I'd, I'd love to see some more wins in there and obviously be a, a, a cup contending team. Who knows, right? You, you never know what it's truly going to be. We could just have an absolute spark of a season and just go crazy. Look at Florida. I did not see Florida going to the Stanley Cup Finals last year. I, they were decent, right? Don't get me wrong. We knew they were going to be decent, but I didn't think they were going to make a deep run like that. I think they surprised a lot of people. Carolina, another surprise. You know, um, who knows? We could be a surprise in the next two years. Well, you got to think about what, what other, you know, think about the playoffs last year. How many teams that you typically expect to be in the playoffs and make a final run were, were still in the, in, in the runnings for things? So they like, feel like a lot of the better teams got, you know, the boot or didn't make the playoffs, lost the first round of the playoffs. And, and, and it really kind of let it open to whoever was playing at the time. And obviously the Wild, you know, didn't fare as well as we would expect against Dallas. But who knows? I, I, I hope. I hope this season is is a testament to what Garen's doing here, what he's looking for in the future. I think his big thing is stop trading away all of our good picks, build from within, which is kind of what we alluded to earlier on in the episode here of, of raising the team and building them up in the Iowa and the farm system. And I think we keep doing that. We're going to be all right. And you're handcuffed for two years anyway. You might as well. Let the young players develop in Iowa. Bring them up as you see fit or as you can afford, like we alluded to earlier. Yep. And you just kind of go from there. Um, you know, I'm excited to see what the season's going to bring. Uh, we're going to be here all season with you guys. Um, yeah, that's that's all I got to say about the matter. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think this is going to be a great season for us. It's obviously going to have some up and downs. We are the Minnesota Wild, right? We are a Minnesota sports team. So, uh, right, you know, prepare for the roller coaster. But as you guys know, we're, uh, we're going to be here all season. So we'll be right in the front of the roller coaster with you guys there, arms up, hoping for the best. So uh, with that, Thank you guys all so much for listening. Uh, We really do appreciate your time. Please feel free to share, like, and subscribe in all the major channels that you see this on. And keep an eye out for some other episodes that we're going to be working on in this uh, podcast season coming up. We'll have our NFL podcast coming back and possibly some more F1 content. I know a lot of you guys love the F1 stuff, so uh, we we may bring that back. So time will tell, but uh, thank you again for listening. We'll catch you in the next one. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe. Tune in next time for more banter with the boys.